Next on BYU Sports Nation, another expectation shift for BYU football. The question now is, how much more do you expect following the upset win at Wisconsin? BYU is 2-1 and ranked 25th. Everything's great, right? Yes! But are BYU's offensive numbers sustainable for success the rest of the season? Plus, how is BYU still an underdog at home against Utah State? Really? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play of BYU Sports in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter. Of BYU fans everywhere, happy Wednesday, September 19th, wherever and however you have chosen to connect. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the top button-less, Jerem Jordan. Now, today I thought, maybe I'll wear a shirt with no top button. It was purposeful today. Yeah, yesterday was an accident. Today was on purpose. How long will this continue? Do you have enough shirts to make it last? Yes. All month long? Yes. (laughs) Are you t-shirt guy now for the next month? Hey, this is a long sleeve. I know. Yeah, yeah, it's still yeah. it's still a t-shirt, a long sleeve t-shirt. I guess you could go with hoodies and yeah. uh, jackets. I may just go early to that jackets. well so I don't have to do the top button down. You yeah, know? yeah. It was worth it, but I'm not doing it. Just hope for non-90-degree weather when you get to the jacket portion I, of your wardrobe. I come inside, and I'm here, in here all day. <laughs> Literally, I'm here for like 10 hours. <laughs> then I go home. Uh, so technically... You can get away with only one show of having to undo the top button, which was, was Monday's, Monday's show. I was waiting right? for someone to call me on it. Yeah. Well, they did. A few people. Like, shaving your head's one thing, right? Top button? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I almost said shave my head. Like, I was this close on Thursday, I think. Oh, man. Saturday after the game, I was like, oh, good thing I didn't say that. I know. <laughs> I, thought, I thought about <laughs> that. I was like, man, we, we had the conversation. The night. <laughs> we had the conversation. Uh, okay. Well. You're beating the system. Good for you. I How about do. this lineup on today's show? Where does the Wisconsin win for BYU rank in radial analyst Mark Lyons' all-time BYU wins? He's done this for 38 years. I'm not 38 years old. He'll join us in 15 minutes. Also, how defensive lineman Zach Daw went from almost giving up football entirely to sacking Alex Hornibrook in the fourth quarter at Camp Randall. Mm-hmm. That story in 40 minutes. Great stuff on the lineup today. Plus, if you forgot, those of you in Utah can now listen to BYU Sports Nation and the rest of our outstanding programming lineup on BYU Radio 107.9 FM, which reaches Ogden to Provo, noon Eastern, or 7 Eastern each and every day. Jeremy, what do you think? Shall we now do today's BYUSN headlines? I do. BYU linebacker Sione Takitaki is the reigning college sports madness national defensive player of the week for his performance against Wisconsin. Takitaki had 13 total tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss. BYU head coach Kalani Satake says senior middle linebacker Butch Pau participated in a limited role in practice yesterday, and junior safety Diangon Woloku did not practice. Satake says in order to play Saturday, they would have to practice today. USA Volleyball defeated Tunisia. Three sets to none yesterday. A sweep. The U.S. undefeated in pool play and now travels to Bulgaria for the second round of competition beginning September 21st. The reason we're bringing that up is because former BYU players played on that team. I'm interested to know how they did. 
And the USTFCCCCA national rankings have the BYU men's cross-country team as number two again this week, while the women have climbed up to number 11, up five spots. How about that? Both in the top 11. Ranked and relevant. BYU football, cross-country, BYU women's volleyball. It's a good time. And the football team. It's a good time to be a BYU fan. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Can you feel that? Those are the ripples of a significant expectations change regarding BYU football. Mm -hmm. BYU just did something they've never done before, Jerem. Mm -hmm. And that's when two true Power 5 road games in the opening month of a season. Dating back to 1922, it has not happened until this season. So with that in mind, how has your win projection for the 2018 season changed? Uh, it's 8-plus now. It's 8-plus because BYU is going to be 3-1 and one after playing McNeese on Saturday. Okay, Then you go and compete. Maybe you pull off another top-10 road. I mean, that's insane to think you get two, right? Um, hopefully BYU can compete and give themselves a chance like they did against Wisconsin. Who knows? But if BYU is 3-2 after the Washington game, they're one game ahead of schedule. And you and I concurred on kind of how we thought this would go down generally. Um, getting bowl eligible isn't the question anymore. It's just a matter of when. Okay, It's not a talking point. It'll be in a few weeks, in October, I think, when BYU gets bowl eligible, perhaps early November. Um, but the goal now is 8+. plus. I, I think 9 or 10 is probably a little ambitious at this point, but I go for 8. Let's see what BYU is like when they regress to the mean because they're coming off the peak moment of the season. Okay, Nothing will be better, even beating Utah. Unless it's like back to Harleen Part 2, okay? Then that would top it, probably. But BYU lost to Cal at home. They beat Wisconsin on the road. That's wildly two-faced. Ooh. I want to know who BYU is. Okay, topic for another day. Would a win at Utah be better than the win at Wisconsin? At this point, I don't think so. <laughs> because you beat a, the sixth-ranked team in the country on the road. I, snapping these 20-game, 41-game streaks. Like, unbelievable. I'm, I'm the man at the front of that train yeah. in terms of national relevance and getting noticed. Yeah, is BYU getting ranked for winning at Utah if they were unranked coming off a loss to Cal? No, but it, it's, a, it's a personal thing. Rivalries are personal. I know. I know. A, a conversation piece yeah. potentially for yeah. another day. But when BYU beats Utah, there's not going to be a 1,000 students waiting at the SAB for the bus. Ooh. They were at the airport. I guess it depends on the context of the game and what it means for the postseason, right? Right? No. <laughs> no. Beating Utah or not. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm with you. I'm at, I'm at eight, probably – Seven and a half right now for BYU's win total and, and how it has changed this season. We, we both entered thinking somewhere between six and seven. You said seven, I said six, right? Yeah. So that has jumped up oh, with absolutely. an incredible win at Things Wisconsin. Changed. So I, yeah. I'm at eight. Uh, I still think it's a very tall task to ask BYU to go on the road to win at Washington, at Boise State, and at Utah. Right. Those are going to be really, really difficult games. You've got two of the gauntlet already. Two of the three. Your bold prediction for the season was that BYU would win three gauntlet games. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get there. So the Cougars, hey, I I like your bold prediction now. I think they've got a great shot at accomplishing that. If they do that, 
then maybe you can start flirting with nine wins yes. on the season. Yes, and then a bowl game ten, and now it's now it's wildly better than anything we ever thought. Yeah, yeah, I'm at eight though with you. Okay, BYU's two and one, ranked twenty fifth. Life is good right now, right? Life mm-hmm. is good. Yes. After playing three Power Five teams, two on the road, the Cougars have survived and even thrived early in the season. BYU's done this in spite of rankings in the bottom 30 in college football's offensive meaningless stats like, I don't know, points, yards, and efficiency. Spencer, is BYU's success sustainable based on the offensive numbers right now? Well, you need to consider the level of competition that BYU has played against in the first three. Sure. There hasn't been this balance of FCS and group of five teams and then maybe one good power five team. It's three power fives, two of them on the road. So it's understandably going to be a little bit lower of an output for BYU. One, because it's early in the season and they've got a new offensive coordinator and a new offense and they're playing really high-level competitions. So I actually think this is a great success for BYU. That's not the question. It's whether it's sustainable. And I think it is sustainable because the level of competition drops significantly over the next two months. So, yeah, BYU won't be playing three consecutive Power Fives the next three weeks. They get Washington, but then they've got McNeese and Utah State at home. That should help the offensive numbers take a significant jump. Also, the defense, despite the level of competition, is holding teams under that magical number of 24. Magic. When the defense does that, the offense doesn't have to do as much. Uh, But, yeah, I think that. BYU will sustain success based on the level of competition dropping. I don't know. What do you think? Define success. If it's win 8-plus, yes, it's going to work. No, I'm with you. Those numbers have everything to do with who BYU played and the fact that it was a new offense and a new OC, and we talked about how sometimes that takes uh, a little bit of time to gel. But we know that it's better than last year, but how much better than last year? Let's get to our stat of the day. Okay. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU was scoring 12 more points per game through three than they did last year. Last year was 11 a game. Uh, the LSU game didn't help. And the Portland State game was 20, so it was bad already. Well, the competition level is even harder this year yes. compared to last year. Yes, it is. So here's the good news. You, you talked about what the schedule looks like coming up. BYU opened the season with three Power Fives. BYU plays seven of its next eight against non-Power Five teams. Go on a run, man. Go win six or seven of those. Get to eight wins. And let's let's just see if there's not another win out there with Boise State, Utah, and or the bowl game. And now we're talking about, okay, this was a memorable, fun, awesome season. If BYU can get to 10, that would be incredible. Coming up, I'm going to address whether I think BYU has validated the tough scheduling or not. Oh. I know that's a question. Like, oh, oh Jerem, what now? I will, I will discuss coming up whether I feel like BYU has validated <laughs> Let's themselves. Go. Later. Let's go. Later. You better stick around. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Uh, I will say this. We're talking about sustainability. BYU has been really good in the red zone this season. Yes. And if they continue to, eight, if they continue to do that, touchdowns. then yes, they can sustain this against lower-level competition especially. They capitalize in the red zone? Oh, yeah. Things are great. Yes. And it has a lot to do with who BYU's played. But... I need to see who BYU is. The high is beating Wisconsin. The low is losing at home to Cal and scoring 11 offensive points. You know, three until the last minute. You know what is not impressed with BYU's win against Wisconsin or at Arizona, for that matter, Jerem? ESPN's football power index. Emotionless. 
It's just the numbers, man. The win-loss projection right now, however, in ESPN's FPI, has jumped from initially five-and-a-half-ish wins this season, now up to 7.2. All the way up to seven whole wins. And 4.8 losses. (laughs) Seven. Uh, BYU is now given a 6.4% chance of winning at Washington. Again, that's after winning at Arizona and at Wisconsin. Interesting. 6.4% chance to win in Seattle. That's it? That's going to be a ranked matchup? This one, the next one, okay, this just yeah. blows my mind. This is dumb. BYU at home against Utah State the first week of October. 42.2% chance of winning that game. After winning at Wisconsin. That, BYU that Tennessee Tech win was really big for the Aggies. Is a home underdog, according to <laughs> the numbers, the emotionless football power index, against Utah uh-huh. State? Come on. At home? That's At weird. Boise State, who just got trucked by Oklahoma State on the road. BYU, 14.4% chance of winning. And then at Utah, 23.9%. Huh. I actually think the Utah number is, okay, I can handle that one. That one's fair. Utah State, Boise, and Washington? Man, those just seem really low. Oh, keep in mind, BYU had a 6.9% chance of winning at Wisconsin. And an 11% chance, or was it 14%? At Arizona. Regardless, too many numbers. That was low too. So, what do you think? Are the current ESPN FPI projections fair? No, no. The Utah State number is dumb. Forty-two percent. Are you kidding me? No, I'm with you. The Utah number is probably fair. Twenty-four percent at this point. Let's. Uh, there's a lot of football to be played by then. Um, the Boise State number. No, that's a little low. Fourteen. No. BYU lost three of four there by one point. Going into the season, and, BYU was a 20-and-a-half-point underdog. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For the Boise game. Yeah, BYU got worked at home last year, but it wasn't like a 30-point game. It was a 17-point game. Now, that is a blowout by my metric of three scores plus, right? Uh, no, that's not fair to me. No. Especially the Utah State game. I have zero trust in ESPN's football power index at this juncture. Because it's inconvenient? No. <laughs> it wasn't inconvenient last year when they projected BYU to win 10 games. It just hasn't been close recently. Like, not so, close. So what's the point of using this? Uh, that's a relevant <laughs> question. That's a good <laughs> because question. Because we have a partnership with ESPN. That's why. It called for 10 BYU wins last season. So did Vegas. They were wrong. They're always right. No, they're not. Cougars ended with four. Just more than you. Vegas called me. for five BYU wins this season. Yeah. Again, that, that BYU will get five it, in October. They got burned, so they, they're the... Show up to the airport four hours early mentality. No, that's, every, our, that's our producer, Ben Bagley. Everything might go wrong. You need <laughs> four hours early so you can catch your flight to Boise. I'm kidding, Ben. It's three for you. You're right. <laughs> to Boise. The recent track record is not good, so I have zero faith in ESPN's FPI right now. Go play the games. Well, we're Go not a fan of ones that we just don't agree with. We're like, Jerry Palm, CBS, never think. No, again, I, I thought it was great. Ten wins for BYU last season. Awesome. Nope. Recent track record, not good. If it's not blue goggles, you don't like it. <laughs> what do you think? With ESPN's FPI rolling around in there and BYU's recent win at Wisconsin, answer our question of the day. How have your 2018 BYU football win projections changed after the 2-1 and one start? Let's go to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's this Twitter handle? Why, why is this in the show? 
I don't even know if I want to read this. Let's get past the goalie. At US, no. Are, are we doing this? Okay. At USU, the right blue. What? On letting, Twitter. We're letting them in here? Every game except Washington, Utah, Boise, and Utah State is a guaranteed win. Seven and five basement, eight and four or nine and three possible, ten and two or eleven and one pipe dream. That's the truest thing that's ever been uttered by someone from Utah State since that one episode of uh, Merlin Olson on <laughs> what was it? It was on K- uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder. The whole thing. I, Little House on the Prairie. There you go, man. There Little you House go. on the Prairie. Took me a long time. <laughs> yeah. I, Utah State's got to beat BYU two times in a row before they can really establish themselves here. You got to have a win streak against BYU. Forty-two <laughs> percent chance of BYU winning at home I, against. Utah I feel State. like if BYU doesn't turn it over seven times, they'll have a good shot in that one. Spencer, back to you. I mean, with no blue goggles on, I still think like no, okay, they're firmly attached. No, nonstop. no, you take it. Just looking at the num, just looking at what the teams have done. At home, I would say BYU is like a 55 or 56% yeah. chance of winning that yes. game. Yes, it's not like by a ton, but... 42? Again, BYU, a home dog? The peak is beating Wisconsin. That's not who BYU is every week, okay? Because the week before we saw BYU lose to Cal at home. I know Cal's undefeated. BYU should have won that game. But you and I agree, I think, that BYU probably needed to lose to Cal to beat Wisconsin. Yes. And it was worth it. If that was the cost, dang it, it was worth it. Yeah, the the wild contradiction of losing to Cal at home and then going on the road to beat Wisconsin is what makes this so fascinating. Yes, Les. That, that, <laughs> listen, the return on investment on that was really high. It was it was totally cool. Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to join our social media conversation. Coming up, how did Zach Daw go from almost giving up football to having a fourth quarter sack at Wisconsin? The sack attack, Zach Daw. BYU football analyst for 38 years, the legend Mark Lyons, former BYU quarterback, will also join us in the studio. Where does the win at Wisconsin in 2018 rank on the greatest wins he has seen for BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. Your blue goggles are always attached, dude. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio, get better acquainted with the Cougars past and present as Greg Rubel hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. It's tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio, and the guests tonight are former offensive lineman Dallas Reynolds and John Tate. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you miss any of the show live, download the podcast or you can always watch it. By going to BYUSN.com, experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, wherever, and however you want. Our question of the day, how have your 2018 BYU football win projections changed after BYU's 2-1 and start against three Power 5 teams? That Greg Duffin adds this on Facebook. It went from, quote, we might make a bowl game, end quote, to, quote, BYU is in the process of becoming something great and nationally relevant, end quote. Yeah, the hope is that BYU can create more moments similar to this. I don't think BYU will do anything that has the splash of beating number 6 Wisconsin on the road. To me, that is a likely nationally relevant peak for BYU. I don't see something that can top that. So keep that momentum going in the top 25. Now, if BYU wins at Washington, now all of a sudden BYU is like in the top 15, top 
17, and now it's getting really fun. Oh, if BYU I'm not expecting that Washington, to happen, though. They will be in the top 15. Yeah. They might be and in the top 12 because be, they have two top 10 road wins. Now it's, now it's getting really fun. Now the rapture is close. <laughs> right? Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now in Studio B for the first time yep. is radio analyst and former yes. BYU quarterback Mark Lyons, 38 years calling Cougar football. Welcome to Studio oh, B, Mark. Mark. Well, thank you. Thank you. I can only say this comes close to the fun that I had when I was at Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes. Not, hey, not even close, and that's fine. Now, yeah. which Wisconsin trip, Mark? Because 1980, oh. your first year, you watched Jim McMahon go in there and beat the Badgers 28-3, to and then now you've right. bookended it with one of what we think is the top five greatest wins in BYU football history of what happened last Saturday. What, what do you think about those bookends? Well, uh, every time I go to Madison, no. <laughs> Two out of three times that I go to Madison, they get a, they get a win. Yeah, and so uh, uh, it was great. Uh, what an exciting game, though. It was uh, out of nowhere. Uh, you guys are talking a lot, and I, I have to go with the old adage that uh, you're only as good as the last game you played. So mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen next week, but you plan on being as good as you were the week before. Hopefully that plays out. Absolutely. And BYU certainly has some more tests coming. Uh, McNeese this week, Washington on the other end. But so in, just in, if I could comment please. just quickly on what you're looking in the wins. So all of a sudden, BYU is better than what we expected them to do at this point. But so is Utah State. And Boise State's always tough up there. And so and Hawaii. Hawaii's crazy. And so all of those things figure in. It's pretty hard to say, okay, what you're doing right now means we're going to have more victories. Well, the opponents are different than we anticipated, too. So I think that brings a little more of a question mark there. Yeah, October should be interesting, all three at home. Um, people think, okay, to beat a really good team on the road, you have to play, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. That is not the case. BYU was far from perfect. They were just better on the day. So what do you think BYU did better than Wisconsin to come out with a win? Well, the thing was they were physical. They just Beat them up on the offensive line. BYU's offensive line was just terrific. And uh, I'm so impressed that uh, Kalani gives that backstory on how last year, following the Wisconsin game where we just got up, oh, it was brutal. They were just killed us. And so he said, we've got to be bigger, stronger, and tougher. And so he told his uh, strength and conditioning coach, you have a year to get ready for them. <laughs> and that was the test. And they got the game ball. Yeah. And yep. uh, they did it. And so the physicality of being able to match Wisconsin's toughness, that's where I thought was the big deal. BYU out Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin. Yes. Pretty it's crazy, pretty, right? Pretty incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. Mark Lyons, radio analyst for 38 years of BYU football with us on BYU Sports Nation. Where does the most recent win against sixth-ranked Wisconsin rank among wins that you have witnessed in 38 years of covering Cougar football? Oh, well, let's go further back than that. It oh, was 1967 right. when uh, I went up to Oregon State and we beat the number eight-ranked team. <laughs> <laughs> well, they weren't number eight-ranked yet. I was going to say, they weren't eight. What are you, what are you they weren't about? ranked eighth yet, but they ended up there. But, oh, okay. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, so, a quality uh, win. Yeah, it was a big win. And uh, But, no, I... I agree with the uh, holy cow. Uh, Coach Edwards is going to say the first time that they played in, at Texas A&M and 79. won that game. And uh, he said that brought him into the big time where he thought that they were relevant. And, uh, of course, the Oklahoma game and uh, Miami. Uh, I threw in number one ranked Pittsburgh, but I guess they were number three ranked. They were number three. But that That's was the it. national championship year. And so since they'd come off a, a good season the year before – 
having that win against Pittsburgh put them up there in the hot seat. Timing is everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're, they it already is. had that ranking that they were expected to play well, and then they beat Pittsburgh, and so they were on their way. And Pitts stunk, but whatever. But yeah. Used it, right? Do you remember your stats at all from the Oregon State game? I've got it in front of me here. Well, I remember I completed nine in a row, but one of them wasn't to our team. <laughs> <laughs> you did have the one pick. You were 10 of 14 with a pick, 105 yards. John er- Erdhouse, you split time with him in that game, apparently? Yeah, uh, he was a JC All American that transferred into uh, BYU and uh, didn't make it all the way through the season. But he did. But get, you did. Yeah, he did. We played alphabetically <laughs> that year. There was another guy. Alphabetically? Terry, yeah, Terry Sanford was also a quarterback. And so <laughs> Erdhouse started not the Oregon State game, but yeah. then uh, I went in second, and then Terry played third. <laughs> there you go. Okay, Tanner Mangum's stats against Wisconsin are interesting, right? He yeah. for, what was it, 89 yards, was it? 12 of 22, 12 of 22, yards. 89 yards. Um, but we think the way he managed the game was perfect. It, that's not sustainable for success the whole season, obviously. But what did you think of his performance against Wisconsin? That was it. I felt he, he was poised. Uh, he was in charge. I felt that uh, he led the team well. Uh, he was confident. I felt as though the, uh, he played a, a solid game. Uh, it wasn't like Max Hall going out and beating Utah or Ty Detmer beating Miami. But he uh, controlled the game from what he was doing, didn't make mistakes, uh, I do think they're going to have to throw the ball downfield. They're, I think teams are just going to close on in on them, and uh, they're going to have to loosen up and throw some deep passes and be successful with those. Uh, so the yardage doesn't bother me because so many of those were first down successes and third down completions to get first downs. So those two things, if you start out with six and seven yards on first down, whether it's a pass or a run, Boy, you're set up to make that first down. You're going to make it. And uh, same thing when they was third and manageable, they threw shorter passes and were catching them. So that made a big difference. So it, not a lot of yards, but successes on first and third really helped. Yeah, the efficiency on third down, a completion to Talon Shumway, one to Aleva Heath. Yeah, right. Like that. Romney they, caught one. They were timely. Yeah, Gunnar yeah. Romney. They were timely conversions on third down, which is. I think why I'm with you, I feel like he had a really solid performance despite not seeing that overwhelming number in the yardage category. Now, we want you to look at his entire season performance through three games. How would you assess Tanner Mangum against Arizona, Cal, and now Wisconsin? Yeah, I'm still there. Uh, The interceptions against uh, Cal, I thought I would have thrown the long ball that he tried to throw. And uh, I, I like that he got out in front, saw a guy behind the defense, and uh, but he pushed it a little bit through on the wrong step and didn't get the distance that he needed. But I would have thrown that ball. And uh, the other pass that uh, was intercepted, those are the you go to the negative parts of what he was doing first, I guess. But uh, uh, that's where we are as quarterbacks. We go home and say, "Oh, I missed this. I did this wrong," and not recognizing the positive things that happened. But uh, uh, I felt as though that ball, whether he threw the wrong side or whether the receiver turned out and he was expecting him in, because it, was, it wasn't a good throw. You know, it was in a wrong spot at the end. When the, so um, I think he did manage the game. Again, he, he did a good job. They, they uh, unfortunately weren't good enough to beat Cal. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing is I look at six halves of football, and maybe Jerem disagrees with me, but I, I probably I, will, but go ahead. 
I think Tanner Mangum has played really <laughs> solid football in five of the six halves this season. The only bad half was the second half against Cal. So we talk about it so often that everybody has to do, do their 111th. <clears throat> and quarterbacks are the same, but they get the headlines, you know, when they're good and they get, they're the goat when they lose. And uh, I think that he's done his 111th. He's doing it. <clears throat> sometimes you get stuff in your throat oh, and you can't clear know. it out. And sometimes you throw an interception. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think he's doing his 111th. He's doing his part in the football game and he's letting other people do their parts. I think he's sharing it quite well. Yeah, and so far so good, two and one. I, I, I'm with you though, Mark. I think there's going to be a game where Tanner Mangum is going to need to win it for BYU, yeah. where someone loads the box or something. So here comes McNeese. This is a, a top ten FCS foe. They're no pushover. Um, this is a game BYU sh- certainly should win. And then you have Washington the next two weeks. So what do you expect this week in preparation for next week? Yeah. So uh, another day of improving football. That's. Uh, I think they just have to get better again uh, because. Uh, I think Washington has athletes that are probably uh, in the category that you can get that top 10 ranking. And so you have to work a little bit harder each week in order to get to that level. And Utah beat them up. You know, the defense for Utah really got after them. I I was impressed with Utah's defense. Uh, but still, Washington came out with a win against a real tough defense. So uh, BYU has to get to that point, I think. Uh, so you want to see improvement in all areas. Now, the offensive line's been terrific. And uh, I just think they've been great. And uh, McNeese has made 14 sacks this year. That's a lot. Yeah. And so they get after it on the pass defense and the rush. So that's the first area. I want to see how that offensive line and backs help pick up that rush and protect Tanner. If they protect Tanner, I think they're going to be fine. Mark Lyons, hero of a 1967 win for BYU at Oregon State. That Beavers team finished number eight in the country. That's right. The Arvada Flash. Yes. That's right. We we want a man who beat a team that finished in the top ten in 1967 to sign our flag. Awesome. So uh, as we go to break, if you wouldn't mind giving us your autograph, that would be great. And congratulations on just a remarkable 38-year broadcast. Yes, we're enjoying this last season with you, Mark. What a good ride, you know, and uh, it's been great. And, And this season's turned out to be fun. And I'm expecting, even though you guys aren't there, yet i'm expecting a national playoff game that's one of my goals in Here, life was can, to <laughs> put on the blue goggles yeah, mark the blue goggle. there you blue go actually i got blue to announce alert. the michigan game so we've already alert. been there <laughs> thanks mark okay All thank right. you mark yeah. lines gonna add his autograph to uh, our stretch awesome. y flag in studio b Yeah, you can put beat Wisconsin twice was there, yeah. Coming up, how tired was Zach Doff following his post-sack celebration at Wisconsin? (laughs) And how do you like the schedule now, Jerem Jordan? People are asking. He will respond next. This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm ready. Let's go, baby. Coming up tomorrow night, the top-ranked BYU women's volleyball team led by Ronnie Jones-Perry and Mary Lake host Pacific and Caitlin Lines. Tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. So I want to reference something that you, I think you were the first to say it in regards to Mary Lake. 71% of the earth is covered by water. The rest is covered by Mary Lake. I saw it on a sign in the rock. It was a great sign. Oh, nice. The NCAA used that when they tweeted out about BYU volleyball and her sports in her top 10 It's a libero thing. (laughs) She's not the first. She won't be the last. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, once again with our BYU Sports Nation headlines. If you missed it, well, here it is again. BYU linebacker Sione Takitake 
the College Sports Madness National Defensive Player of the Week after his performance against Wisconsin, which included 13 total tackles, mm. one sack, and two tackles for loss. Near interception as well. UIU head coach Kalani Satake gives us an update on the status of both Butch Powell and Dyinga Wolk. You know, Butch practiced a little bit today and, and Dyan didn't. So we'll see how that goes uh, tomorrow. They, they'll need to practice tomorrow in order to play. And I'll probably have more. Too bad the show's today and not tomorrow. <laughs> but um, their health is what matters the most. And if, uh, if you ask them, they're going to play. But uh, we have to make sure to save them from themselves even. That was last night on BYU Football with Kalani Satake on BYU TV and BYU Radio. No update on Braden Elbakri or Neil Palu quite yet. USA Volleyball defeated Tunisia in a sweep yesterday, three sets to none. Taylor Sander led all scores with 13 points, including a match-high nine kills. Ben Patch recorded three kills. Jake Langlois finished the match with a single kill. The U.S. undefeated in pool play. They now travel to Bulgaria for the second round of competition beginning on September 21st. These guys are world travelers, man. And the U.S. TFCA national rankings have the BYU men's cross-country team ranked as number two again this week, while the women have climbed up five spots to number 11. Very nice. So the only, I think the only team on campus in terms of fall sports that isn't ranked right now is BYU women's soccer. Every other typically team is a ranked team. Right? They're, they're trying to climb out of that and get back into the rankings. Yeah. Strange, strange shift right there, but hey, man, four ranked teams on campus right now. Very nice. Okay, Jerem. Uh, it's time that we have the discussion of the schedule's too hard. Now that BYU has started two and one and beaten Arizona and Wisconsin, both wins came on the road. The Cougars have never won two true road power five games before in the opening month of a season. Man, what do you think about the schedule and the toughness of that schedule at this juncture? The question is, is it valid? Like, has BYU's performance validated the idea of tough schedule? Has it? Um, The answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, this isn't new. BYU's done this. In four of the eight years, BYU has started 2-1, and one, okay? It's not like this is the first time, okay? It is the first time BYU's had two Power 5 road, two road wins, although BYU did win a neutral and a road game in the first three. So it's not like BYU hasn't done this. Listen, Arizona's just not that good. BYU should have beaten Cal, and what BYU did last week was unbelievable. I'm so happy. Don't argue outliers as normal Predictable, regular events, okay? Beating Wisconsin, unbelievable. It was amazing. Well, it's we're all, all about the moment, right? We're all loving it, okay? I'm looking at the schedule in terms of not single games or even sets of games, but of a full season. Because, you know, how this feeling is awesome, right? It's not going to last. BYU's going to play other games. BYU's going to lose some games. It's going to happen, okay? I'm thinking in terms of full schedules. And my take is always misconstrued to be, Jeremy wants BYU to go to the back, back to the Mountain West. No, I don't. I want BYU to play one to two fewer Power Fives. Remember in 2014, BYU started 4-0, ranked 18th. It was awesome. It's because they played two Power Fives that just weren't that good. I'm fine playing a Wisconsin. I just don't want to play four road games against Power Five teams, two in the top ten. Even if you win two of the opening three? Yes, because you're asking for enough losses to not be ranked at the end of the season. My hope is that BYU can get to 10-plus wins. Remember 6 7 9 like eight, and 8? That was a fun time, right? It's because BYU won a bunch. I'm not saying play a weak schedule. I'm just playing, saying play a little bit of a weaker schedule, okay? But what about the risk-reward? The risk-reward is, yes, 
BYU averages seven or eight wins if the schedule is tougher. But yeah. on the off chance that they put together a magical season with a tough schedule. What's magical? Uh, BYU is ranked in the top ten. They'd have to have one loss. Zero or one losses. I, and if they schedule like this, I'm it's not, probably I'm not, not happening. I'm they, not saying they don't yeah. have to have one loss. I'm saying... The there are fans. Are and we a lot aiming of them, for one uh, magical season? Uh, I don't know. Are we? How, think about the feeling of euphoria that came after Saturday's win at Wisconsin. Again, I'm not looking at singular wins. I'm looking at whole seasons. Think about the euphoria after the Arizona win. And then we come to find out Arizona stinks. Like it was, it was a really good win. I don't want to discount the win, but sort of. I'm saying when the dust settles, the Arizona win was like, you know what, BYU should have won that game. Yes. So what if in a hard schedule, BYU? Runs a, a schedule where they only lose one game. That, then, that then, then the, the reward is then the reward is extra high, right? Yes. The, and and hear me out. The likelihood of getting to that point is higher if you just schedule one or two few, fewer power fives. I'm not saying don't play any. I'm saying play three or four. I'm just saying don't play five and four on the road. That's what I'm saying. So what will it? I take? want BYU to have. Seasons that are meaningful, not singular moments. I want that and seasons. What would it take for you to feel like tougher schedules are validated? Fewer power fives. No, no, no. Meaning like on the schedule. If if that doesn't change, like the schedules remain tough. What would it make? For, what would it take for you to say, okay, I get it now. Yeah, that it was worth scheduling tough. If BYU becomes a better program somehow, the honor code's not getting any easier, nor is academics. So how are you going to win more if you schedule tougher? That makes no sense. There's no logical, rational sense in that idea. All right. That's what I have to say. It's, I mean, it's a huge TBD, right? Especially for this season. Yes. But listen, BYU's done this before. They've had a good start to the season. But if BYU wins eight, there's no relevant nine win or fewer team. It doesn't happen. Oh, man, that team was amazing. You now, don't if, remember them. If BYU, you don't wins remember nine, them. if BYU wins nine games this season, they'll, Nationally. Be, they'll be ranked. Nationally. They'll be ranked. Doesn't ranking equal national relevance? Yes. We'll see with nine, though. Nine this season? We'll see. Nine and three? Has BYU ever been schedule? ranked with nine? Maybe once? Maybe once. It just doesn't normally But they've happen. never played this tough of a schedule. Right. So and how about we get to nine first? So, yeah. okay. start so nine, counting things. Yeah. Yeah, all right. All right, has BYU won nine games yet? I hope they do. I hope they win the rest of the games. So, coming up, where could BYU go bowling this season? A couple of national riders win. And it's not in the New Year's Six. And why was defensive lineman Zach Daw given a pass by Coach Tuiaki after his sack and celebration on Saturday in the fourth quarter against Wisconsin? Great story coming up. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Check out BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. It's the latest in Cougar sports with a social media twist. Watch it right now on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube account. I had the opportunity yesterday during media availability to speak with the sack attack, Zach Daw. As one sack? No, he has a nickname. That's great. Well, any reference that we can kind of make to Save by the Bell, Zach Attack, his band. Mm. Now it's the Sack Attack, Zach Daw. Very nice. Uh, great, great young man. And a guy who almost gave up football entirely because of some really, really unfortunate injuries. So how did he go from, man, I just don't know if I have it anymore, to... Sacking Alex Hornibrook late in the game in the fourth quarter to help BYU stun the sixth-ranked Badgers. Two-on-one BYU Sports Nation All-Access with defensive lineman Zach Daw. 
Zach, you burst onto the scene against Wisconsin with a big-time sack in the fourth quarter. So let's start with that play, uh, a coming-out moment for you. What, what was happening on that play, and, and walk us through it. Um, just got off the ball a couple of plays before. You know, I've just been bull rushing, setting it up, setting it up, setting up, and all the D-line, we had a lot of great pressure coming in, and I felt my guy leaning super hard, and so I just did a little push-pull, and uh, I just happened to come through. Just like kind of what I practiced a lot in practice and came through and I hit the quarterback and looked down and he still had the ball. It was just kind of a sweet experience for me So and my family and our team. So it was, it was awesome. Well, let's dive into that a little bit because uh, I heard from a few people on the sideline that Coach Elisa Tuiaki said, hey, act like you've been here before, but this is kind of like, oh, so yeah. th- this is a, a big time experience for you. A first time you said it was sweet for your family. Why was it so special and sweet in that moment? Um, you know, just the last couple of years I've been through a lot. Um, I had to sit out a year because I had back surgery, and so um, I just, you know, it took a long time for me to recover and get back on the field, and so just to be able to go and have a sack at Camp Randall, um, just where one of my biggest role models, J.J. Watt, played, that's one of the reasons why we're 99, just to have a sack in the same house that made J.J. Watt, it was just kind of an emotional experience for me, um, and, you know, my family, we've, we've been through a lot, we sacrificed a lot just to allow me to play the game I love. So it was just really a, a sweet experience. So I saw your brother post about that and then the long road back, and, yeah. and I understand that uh, football was almost uh, was almost over and, and actually yeah. considered. So what, what went into the decision to come back and play and, and took you to the game at Wisconsin? Um, so for a little while, I did think it was over. Um, my back was just in a state, so the, the sports staff here and um, some of the previous coaches – thought that it might be best for me to just sit out and retire from football Um, but deep down inside I knew that I had so much more to give and so much potential and so they gave me the option to sit out and to come and walk back on and so um, you know I just just kind of it's just who I am I'm I've worked so hard my whole life and so I couldn't just give it away and so I came back and worked with the coaches to finally get a scholarship back and uh you know, so that's kind of the long path road that I've been through. But in some way, did that sack against Alex Hornibrook in the Wisconsin game feel like the ultimate moment in in, in that comeback? Um, I think it's just one of the stepping stones. So I wouldn't say it's the ultimate moment, but I feel like it's a great start for the comeback. Um, I'm still a sophomore, I still have a lot, long time to play, and you know we have amazing coaches who are helping me and also sports staff who are just helping me be my best. And so I can't just hang my rag on, on, one, on one play. Kalani talked a lot about uh, there's an analogy of, of uh, these kids at Stanford eating a marshmallow. And t- just to kind of sum it up, he said, you know, there's kids and they're given a marshmallow, but if they wait a period of time, they could have two marshmallows. And so I can't just eat the one right off the get-go and call it good. So it was a sweet experience, but... Um, I'm sack hungry. I'm a sack addict now. So I want to go out and work hard with my teammate and hopefully, you know, cherish with them some more sacks in our own house. So that would be even more sweet than Camp Randall. So Big Zach sack attack? Yeah, I guess so. The sack attack. So <laughs> kind of a cool name. All right. Uh, now, I, I know that you've, you've gone through a ton of health issues. How, update us now. How are you feeling? What, what's the status there now? Um, I'm 100%. I had back surgery about a year and a half ago, but um, Nuu actually is kind of taking me under his wing. And uh, Mike Strohshine, um, in the off season, he uh, works at um, 
next level performance. We were grinding every day. He's kind of like, I was rocky and he was my Mickey, you know. We were just in there every day just grinding. So my back's now 100%, no problems. Been checked by the doctor and I'm 100% cleared, so. Now, does he talk like Mick? Um, sometimes, you know. <laughs> no, Come on, Rock! Yeah, no, not really. He's he's an awesome guy. And, you know, there's a lot of times where I didn't think I could ever play football again, again and I would get down on myself. But he was always there just say he called me and be like, hey, you know, we've come too far to give up. And uh, same with my parents, you know. The days where I worked at New Skin, I was a security guard. And, you know, we've been through too much to give up. And so that was just sweet to go and, and have a little sweet experience, so. Well, here you are. Um, I know your brother Parker is your biggest fan. He also drives a minivan. Are you going to get in on that business? Um, I'm more of a suburban kind of guy, <laughs> but yeah, no, Parker's awesome. He also has played a huge role in uh, me coming back and playing football. Um, just constantly there, just kind of my, he's just a role model. Just his story is awesome. And so I think that's just down in our family. It's just hard work and, you know, obviously belief in God. That's why, you know, right after my sack, that's where all my credit went straight up. To Heavenly Father, you know, who just blessed me, I couldn't make it made it back without Him. So God played a huge role in my comeback, and so that's why that's right where my hands went right after the sack, just to thank Him first. So, and what a great story, what a great celebration at Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, we'll finish with this: How do you avoid the cliche letdown after such an emotional high like that, knocking off the number six team in the country on the road? Um, you know, it was an awesome experience, but it's not the end of the season. It's just one game, and uh, they're an awesome team. They're going to have an awesome rest of the season. We, like I said, we can't hang our, our hat on that. we got to go, and uh, McNeese, or the team we're playing this week, they're, they're a good team. You know, They're a good team in our conference, so we got to come out and play. We have to be humble and just keep doing what we know we can do. So, Zach, the sack attack dog. Thanks for the time, Zach. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, what a story. And I really like the idea that he wears 99 because of one of his idols, J.J. Watt, who played at Wisconsin. So, yeah, that, cool. that coming around moment of, like, I just had a sack in the same stadium where my idol made a name for himself. That's very cool. Yeah. Zach Daw. Who knew, man? Almost, almost quit, and then he makes a huge play in that game. So very nice. That's awesome. Coming up yesterday, it was the Bahamas Bowl. Today, a couple more bowl projections. Can it top a December trip to the Bahamas? Though? No. Can anything top a December trip to the Bahamas? If it's not a college football playoff game or like a New Year's Six bowl game, yeah, that ain't him. is anything topping the Bahamas? <laughs> Plus an injury update on Butch Powell and Diane Gawolaku, the whip, hits next. Shout out to today's guests, Mark Lyons and Zach Daw. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to view full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time for you like we do every day. But let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Senior linebacker Sione Takitaki is the College Sports Madness National Defensive Player of the Week. Against Wisconsin, Takitaki had 13 tackles, a sack, and two tackles for loss. BYU head foosball coach Kalani Satake says senior middle linebacker Butch Powell participated as a limited role in practice yesterday, and junior safety Diane Gawoliku did not practice. Coach Satake added in order to play this Saturday against McNeese, they would have to practice today. In Sports Illustrated's Eric Singles projects BYU football to face San Diego State in the Arizona Bowl in Tucson. Nah. Return to Tucson? Nope. Bill Bender of the Sporting News places BYU facing Navy in the Mormon Coaches Armed Forces Bowl. Yeah, okay, I'm okay with that one. I mean, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's not the Bahamas Bowl, but all right. 
Volleyball. USA Volleyball defeated Tunisia 3-0 yesterday. Can I say nil in volleyball, Jerem? No. Oh, man. Three sets to none. Taylor Sanders led all scores with 13 <laughs> points, including a match-high nine kills. Ben Patch had three kills. Jake Langlois had a, a single kill. The United States, undefeated in pool play. They travel to Bulgaria for the second round of competition beginning on September 21st. Cross country. The USTFCA written national rankings have the BOA men's cross country team at number two this week, and the women have climbed up five spots to number 11. Ooh. Golf. BOA women's golf finished 13th at the Mercedes Benz Intercollegiate. Rose Huang was the top Cougar scoring nine over par for the tournament, tying for third overall. The girls will play in the Coeur d'Alene Resort Collegiate Invitational in beautiful Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, starting next Monday, September 24th. It's right by the homies at Gonzaga. Mm hmm. Today's Rise and Shout belongs to... Zach Dom. Yes. Nice story. Almost quit football. Still playing on team. Backup defensive lineman. Big sack. Uh, late in the game against Wisconsin. Right? <laughs> yeah. And his defensive coordinator says, hey, hey, act like you've been here. And then a few of his teammates were like, well, he hasn't really been he here. He hasn't. <laughs> Carry on, Zach. How have your 2018 BYU football win projections changed after BYU's 2-1 and one start? At Jonathan Biggs on Facebook. Still taking it one game, one week at a time. Okay, cliche man. Coach Biggs. Don't sleep on McNeese. <laughs> Washington, Boise State, Utah State, Utah are all still scary games. And to be honest, Hawaii, Northern Illinois, New Mexico State? No, New Mexico State's terrible. Are all better teams than you think, <laughs> and they better beat UMass. Guaranteed New Mexico win. State is New Mex- terrible. New Mexico State's bad. They give up 60 to Utah. Come on. Yeah. The Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years. Take it away, Jerem. Read from, it to the masses. On Facebook, Bill Walton. What? What? Different Bill Walton? Uh, I want you to read it as Bill Walton. Go. <laughs> from I hope they do better than last year to they've definitely already done better. That's right, man. <laughs> Smell colors. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. I remember when BYU went into Camp Randall and absolutely pummeled Wisconsin. By three, Bill? <laughs> oh, for Jeremiah I'm Spencer. Shout out to Parker Daw. Minivan Life. Thank you, man. Go Cougs. <laughs>